Welcome to the Be Great 8-Man Football Coaching Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to the 8-Man Football Coaching community. I am your host, Scott McCarty. Here we discuss scheme, program building, team culture, and building and spreading the game of 8-Man Football. This podcast is brought to you by Anywhere Apparel. Are you looking for custom screen printed and embroidered gear for your team, coaches, and fans? Contact Anywhere Apparel. That's Anywhere, A-N-Y-W-E-A-R Apparel. We have access to all the great brands and items that will have your team looking their best. We are a locally owned small business that works with teams, businesses, and individuals. Next time you need custom apparel, make Anywhere Apparel your go-to. Contact Anywhere Apparel at art.anywhereapp at gmail.com. That's A-R-T dot A-N-Y-W-E-A-R-A-P-P at gmail.com or on the phone at 319-385-1763. Today's guest is Coach Kendall Parker from Peora Heights High School in Illinois. Coach has been coaching for five years, three of which have been in eight-man football. Coach Parker played high school ball at Freeport High in Illinois and played his college ball at Aurora University in Illinois, where he was part of the offense and defensive line. Coach is in the process of turning the Peoria Heights program into a prominent program in Illinois. In his three years as the head coach there, There have been zero ineligible athletes, and they ended the school's three-season-long losing streak. Coach has been focusing on using motion to create more mismatches and exploit areas on the field. Please help me in welcoming Coach Kendall Parker to the the podcast. Coach, thanks for coming on. I appreciate you having me on, man. I really do. Can't wait to talk some football with you. All right, so let's go get ahead and get started here, Coach. Uh, Just like with all our coaches, um, you know, we hope to be mentors to players. Um, you know, maybe who were some of the mentors of yours as a player and as a young coach? Yeah, man, I really have two. Uh, my first one is from back home. He actually was my wrestling coach. Uh, he is now the new head football coach for uh, uh, Freeport High School. His name is Anthony Dedman. Uh, they play 11 man up there. But uh, he, during that time, uh, Coach Dedman, he really instilled a lot of values about uh, holding people accountable uh, and accountability being key in everything that you do. Um, and that really kind of is something that I instill in my players and that's kind of helped me uh, through my athletic journey as well. And I think it's been really great to learn from him and he continues to keep doing it and um, build programs up there. That's been amazing. And then another one is uh, Adele Hawks. Uh, I actually met him and that's how I got into coaching down here. Um, I'm an accountant and a business uh, uh, person by trade. But uh, when I came down here, I was working in accounting. I met him actually getting a haircut. Um, and from that haircut that turned into coaching, which, uh, somehow crazily turned me into teaching. Um, and, uh, he really taught me a lot just about being a student of the game. He was a film junkie. Um, he watched tons of film and on top of watching film, he was just really good at discovering tendencies of, um, teams. And then from those tendencies, figuring out ways to try to exploit them, um, the best way you can. Oh, I can't hear you. Yeah, that first coach, uh, you said, you know, with accountability, that's pretty awesome. Um, you know, that's something awesome to learn as a young athlete and then hopefully to pass it on. Um, you know, a lot of people think accountability is something you do to somebody, right? But it's something you do for somebody. And Correct. Um, you know, I thought that was an interesting uh, tidbit of information you shared. You had zero ineligible athletes in your three years as a head coach. And um, that's kind of, a, it's an, it's not a stat anybody really looks at, but that's an underrated stat. You know, that's something to be very happy about, um, you know, as far as grades and, and things like that. And we can get into that later, but 
um, you know, just kudos to you, coach. That's, that's a cool feather to put in your cap there and, and uh, be proud of it. And in, in no doubt came from your t- you know, your interactions with that, your, your, your coach there. So um, good for you. Let's get on uh, here. Um, kind of talk about the el- ineligibility a little bit. Do you do anything special to keep your kids eligible? Do you do like a study table? Do you do mentor programs? You know, is there anything that you really do with those kids? Uh, honestly, we stay on them. Um, so what's really nice and what we're blessed about at Pure Ice is uh, three of my coaches, most of my coaches over half um, are actually in the building. So I teach business accounting um, and I uh, at different school of business classes. Um, my defensive coordinator, he teaches English and my uh, um, special teams coordinator. He's actually our industrial tech shop teacher. Um, so that helps. And then two other guys that used to be on the staff are teachers as well, uh, teaches history. And then our principal is actually an ex-football coach as well. So I'm able to kind of keep an eye on their grades all the time. Um, and with me keeping an eye on those grades, it's less of having to kind of put that fear in them about keeping their grades up. It's more that they know that every single week when that eligibility report comes out, us coaches are going to be the first people looking at it and trying to figure out what are they doing. I mean, at this point in time, we're not a charter school or one of those schools where you have to have pristine grades. I mean, per the IHSA, um, as long as you're passing five classes out of seven, you're eligible. Um, so it makes it pretty hard to be ineligible these days. Um, and uh, some kids try to push the limit. They definitely do. Um, they try to get as close as they can. But uh, we've been blessed enough to not have any kids ineligible. Um, and that's kind of a standard that we we actually show that off. So in practices week by week when that report comes out, uh, we show them, we tell the kids how that is important. Because if we don't highlight that, uh, I think that kind of goes by the wayside. And sooner or later, that value um, and those morals kind of go away. So we we try to highlight that as well. Definitely in those seasons where you might not be getting as many wins, whatever you can highlight um, always helps. So we might not yet have gotten a lot of wins on the field, but in the classroom, where I think that is the most important part, because, I mean, at the end of the day, high school football is about the kids. Um, I feel like we've gotten a lot of wins on that end. In college, you always talk about graduation rate and things like that. And it sounds like, you know, you're right in that same vein of, you know, you're there to be a student first um, and a player second. So I get it. I, I don't know much about your school. I asked you the other day, we went to the, I think it was the first Illinois uh, eight-man clinic there um, about your community. Do, do other sports struggle with ineligibilities? I mean, are you guys kind of leading the way and setting the tone for the whole school or, or um, you know, kind of what's that look like? Uh I'm not saying that we set the tone, but because with us being such a small school, just like most schools in eight man, um, my football players also play basketball. Um, I'm also the head wrestling coach. Uh, so I keep those try to keep those kids eligible uh, during that time as well. Um, and then baseball as well. Most of athletes play baseball. So I think it's just kind of a, a school wide thing that the athletes know if they want to play sports, they have to be eligible. They have to be eligible. Um, so it's kind of a school-wide goal that no one really talks about other than when they're in the season um, that I think that is just kind of really special about us at the Heights because we have 200 kids. And um, out of those 200, we kind of have a core 50 50 or 40 that are athletes of some sort. Um, So you can kind of keep your thumb on those core 50, 40 kids who are athletes and kind of make sure they're staying on that straight and narrow for the most part. Awesome. Yeah, that's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. You know, I think um, I've been a head coach for about 10 years and, and I can't say we are at the hundred percent 
you know, like you are right now, that's pretty cool. Um, you know, whether it's academics or making poor decisions on the weekends or things like that. So coach, I hope you can continue, continue that. And that's part of your, your culture. And from what it sounds like you're getting things uh, turned around there. I was watching some of your film that you shared and um, you guys do a lot of great things. And um, let's start with, you know, you, you said you, you a lot of interest in the offensive line and defensive line. Um, yeah. so let's talk a little bit about basic schemes um, before we talk some of that play. What what kind of offense do you run and kind of what's your, your base defense? Are you a three-man, two-man, that kind of thing? And then offense, um, you know, just kind of real quick, give a basis before we talk about some drills and things. Yeah, uh, offense. So offense, I try to run first. Um, I want to use the run to, predic- to predicate my pass. Um, and I kind of like uh, at least having one tight end. I kind of like to keep that extra tight end because they can be that threat and kind of hit the flats, um, but also uh, stay in block um, when I can. Um, to be honest, we're still trying to find what our identity will be like this season due to the fact that uh, we have kids who are coming back. Last year, we were very young. We had one senior on our entire team. Everybody else were uh, – and one senior and five juniors. Everybody else were freshmen and sophomores. Um, so – we kind of had to go with what we knew because those kids were so young. But now that we kind of have those kids developing a little bit, they've been in the weight room. I teach a weightlifting class as well. Um, and so we've, we're kind of getting them bigger, faster, and stronger. Uh, so we kind of do some more things kind of with that motion that I kind of will talk about a little bit later um, and kind of uh, use our size and our speed that we're going to have to our advantage. Um, then defense, we run a three front. Um, we try to let our linebackers, we kind of run a three, three, um, my, my assistant court, me and my defensive coordinator, he's a, a old three, three stack kid, uh, grew up in the three, three stack. Actually, it was kind of providential. We actually played against each other in high school. Um, so we kind of brought his three, three stack down here and kind of trying to incorporate it to eight man a little bit. Um, so we try to let our linebackers, um, kind of run free with those linemen up front, kind of plugging up gaps. Um, let the line, let the linebackers kind of do their thing the best way they can. Yeah. Okay. I like that coach. Very good. And I think, uh, I think a lot of us, we still trying to kind of find our identity, right? I'm a coach that believes you have to coach your, your offense has to be who your personnel is. You can't just continue to be who you are every year. You know, if you, one year we had a a group that didn't have a quarterback, so we kind of had to go to a wildcat single wing stuff. And the next year a kid emerged as a quarterback. So you kind of change there. So I am 100% understand when you say we're trying to find it, our identity. Um, you know, I, I get that, but all right. So let's talk, let's talk some uh, offensive line work here, coach. What are maybe some everyday drills uh, that you do that help your offensive linemen, you know, be put in a position to succeed. And then also maybe how do they translate, you know, your drill translates then into your scheme or onto a Friday night. Yeah. So uh, the one big thing I try to do with my offensive linemen is teach feet. Um, because at the end of the day, uh, we have some big boys that they can kind of get in the way. Um, that's going to make some lanes for us. Uh, so we do a lot of stuff with our, um, with boards. We do a lot of stuff with ladders. We do a lot of stuff with cones, just teaching them how to keep their eyes up and their chest up, but move their feet to a point, um, and learn how to move their feet. Um, I kind of call it dancing pandas. Um, cause you gotta be, you can be a panda, but, uh, you gotta be an agile panda. If you're going to be fat, you gotta be big. You gotta be, uh, athletic fat. So, uh, be the best and, uh, most athletic you can be. Uh, so we try to use our linemen to, uh, move them any way we can, um, kind of teach them to move laterally. Um, because eight man, um, 
kind of helps you if you can kind of quick set and move laterally and spread things sideways instead of give up a lot of uh instead of like kick sliding back and that kind of puts you right into the quarterback's lap um yeah. kind of spread thing out sideways um to kind of give that quarterback a clear landscape um when you're throwing the ball as well yeah i like those uh the agile panda there coach that's a good i, I like that <laughs> that's uh, do your kids like that like kind of nickname they do. They do. That's uh, Dancing Panda is what I call it. Definitely, definitely <laughs> when we talk about defense, I call it the Dancing Panda. When you look at your rips and your swims and turning those hips, uh, that Dancing Panda is uh, – you got to be a Dancing Panda in there. Yeah, that's uh, – I like that. I like that a lot. That's something I'm going to see. I got that one circled on my note page here. And you talk about um, – you know, I heard you mention something about, you know, kind of get your guys to get in the way, um, you know, and that's something that I, I, can, uh, I can agree with. You know, we talk to our guys – I don't necessarily need you to drive the guy five yards. I need you to win the neutral zone, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's something we preach a lot is just win the neutral zone, win the contact point. Um, like you said, kind of get in the way um, and you're going to be a pretty effective blocker, especially an eight man, right? If you run a, and you shared some film, um, you know, you run the three down lineman quarterback running back and you see a three, two in the box, you know, if you can win the neutral zone, you're going to get a gain of three or four, um, right. you know, so um, and, and that's a good play. Uh, and then if you break a tackle, you know, you might be off to the races there. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I like, I like that. There's a lot of good stuff there, coach. Um, let's switch gears here a little bit. Well, let's talk about defense. Um, um, what are some things you do with your defensive linemen that help you succeed there? You got some big kids there. Um, you know, how are you going to get them in the, in the position? What do you do every day with them to get them to really attack the quarterback in the run game? Yeah. So again, a lot of ours, we're going to work my two things uh, for defense linemen is hips and hands. Um, we got to be able to come out of that stand. So we work a lot of getting out of our stands and uh, we work out of a left hand and right handed uh, stance. Um, I always tell the kids, uh, I know everyone has their dominant hand. I get it. I was a dominant hand guy growing up literally all the way through um, high school. Then when I got in college, um, my coach would me get into a left-handed stance and I almost fell on my face. Um, that was probably the most embarrassing day of my life. And I told him, I understand that you might not like doing that other hand, but if you don't know how to be in a stance and be effective in that stance, um, then you're going to put yourself at a disadvantage. So we work coming out of that stance and using our hips to explode out. Um, and we always have a target that we're hitting from that explosion point, um, whether it's from being out of a six-point stance and exploding out and our hands are hitting the pad. I don't care if it's hitting the ground, if they're hitting me. Um, I like to incorporate myself as much as I can in practice. Um, I try to tell the kids I still got it, um, even though I definitely don't. Um, but uh, and I'll probably have you uh, edit this out of the interview if they can, if they ever try to watch it. Um, but um, try to do whatever we can to really force uh, hips and hands, because if you can get that extension from those hands and have violent hands um, and shock that lineman back, definitely just in high school ball, if you can create that space, um, kind of the adverse. We talk about an offensive lineman kind of taking up space. If you can create that space from that punch and keep them extended, now that's when you're shredding and you're running around. And again, our defense alignment, they're more of the occupiers to take care of, let our linebackers run. So if they're the occupiers and they're able to make plays, that means our linebackers are scot-free and they don't even have anybody touching their jersey. Um, and that's what we want. Um, it, as you're talking there, it, it sparked a question in my mind. Um, so you played college football, right? And, and, and I did as well. I played at a division three school. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I just wonder how you approach, um, you know, some of these things that you learned in college, you know, you learned some of the finer points, 
Um, you know, but you, that's all you played was one side of the ball, maybe, you know, versus in high school, you know, what do you see as, how can you, I don't, I hate to use the term water it down, you know, but how do you simplify it for a high schooler to try and be as effective as, you know, a college player, but without the time? hundred percent. Uh, it's actually cool because I actually got to play both sides of the ball in college. Um, I started out, I got recruited for both coming out. Um, and, um, Axe coach, which one could I play? And he said, uh, well, he asked me which one I wanted to play. And I said, whichever one I see the field at first. Um, honestly, I don't really care where I play. I just want to play. And um, he put me in. I was a guard as, as a freshman. And then I moved to defensive tackle, which is normally the opposite way. Um, normally, you move, you're normally too fat to be a defensive lineman. So you move to be an offensive lineman. But somehow, I was able to kind of switch the opposite way. Um, so I got to learn. And I got to learn from some really good coaches um, who were some NFL guys. Um, our defensive uh, line coach uh, played for the uh, Falcons for some years and the Buffalo for Buffalo Bills for some years. So I got to kind of learn from them. Um, but yeah, no, 100% watering it down. Again, that's why I kind of call it Dance and Panda, um, because when we go through our drills and work talking about flipping our hips, um, they kind of can understand like, oh, man, like being agile, what it means to be agile means to move and flip those hips a little bit. Um, and we kind of have some very like. Uh, exact key points that I use. So one thing I call it is a uh, hand above eyes. So coming out of our stance, our hands are going to be above our eyes because if our hands are always above our eyes, I mean, we are low because nobody's going to stand straight up and their hands will be straight up in the air. They, if their hands are above their eyes, I mean, they're going to have a natural knee bend. Their hips are going to be underneath them and they can explode out. Yeah. I, sorry. I didn't respond there quick. I, that's a great coaching point. I've never heard that, right. Been around the game a lot. And uh, to hear that, that's that's a great, great idea. They're a great concept. They're hands, hands above eyes. I like that. That's something I'm going to have to share with my my coach here. Um, very good. Is there any other kind of, um, you know, that sounds like something, you know, you say on all your drills, hands above eyes, hands above eyes. Are there any mm-hmm. other, you know, one-liner kind of things like that that um, you share with your kids, you know, your coaching keys? You said something about a target earlier. Um, what is yep. the target when you come out of a stance, either O-line, D-line, you know, I've heard some offensive line coaches talk about like the V of the neck, um, you know, or, or things like that, or the ear hole, you know, if you're down blocking, you know, what are, mm-hmm. what are the targets you're looking for? So uh, for me, so we always kind of put our guys on an edge a little bit. So I always tell uh, my defensive guys, they want to hit the outside peck because they always want to stay on an edge. So you never want to take a guy full man. You want to be half man. So the best way to do that is kind of to stab on that outside peck peck um and keep that extension because that's how we're going to keep our hand above our eyes um in order to keep our space and now we can occupy our gap and we're actually replacing them into the other gap um and that's kind of our goal uh so that's kind of my aiming point for defense alignment is kind of outside peck always looking every single time outside peck stab outside peck stab hand above eyes um and then office alignment uh i always kind of look just Get your hands, uh, elbows in. If you keep your elbows in, wherever your hands line up, you're going to be in a natural spot to drive them. Um, so, because too many times you get high school guys who just try to bring their thumbs down. But if you tuck those thumbs up, elbows are going to naturally go in. And honestly, as long as they're not holding and their hands are outside, if their elbows are in, wherever they're going, because that ball should be hitting really quick, um, I'm good with it. Yeah, I like those are those are great. I love those. As you're talking about the outside peck there on with your D line, I couldn't help but think of the Aaron Aaron Donald like uh, throat thing. You <laughs> yeah. don't teach that now, do you? <laughs> no, we ain't teaching that yet. We ain't got to that 
that point yet, man. But I like to do a lot of stab technique uh, yeah. that's teaching kids, definitely because I have a kid who's a junior. He'll be a senior next year. He's a wrestler for me, too, and he's he's a long-arm kid. Kind of remind me of uh, uh, A-man Jerron Curse. Uh, he hadn't played football, really. Um, and he played two weeks as a freshman because that was COVID year. Didn't play as a sophomore, then got him back out as a junior, and he ended up having um, eight TFLs and, like, four first fumbles in a matter of, like, five games because he wasn't really playing in the first mix of the first couple weeks because um, right. he just was able to get his arms out there, hands above eyes, and just run, just go around people because they just couldn't get out there because um, he get his hands to the outside peck and his arm was so long, he was already in position <coughs> to do it's something. Kind of, yeah, that's, I mean, you you're, you got a long-armed wrestler, you know, who understands leverage and things like that. You know, you're in a pretty good position with that kid. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely excited to have him back next year. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I kind of want to switch gears here a little bit. You talked about motion and I'm intrigued by that. That's something I want to incorporate more as a coach this year. Um, you know, you watch a game on Saturday, you watch a game on Sunday, there's motion pretty much on every play um, or they shift, you know, something like that. Nobody, hardly any of those guys, when they break the huddle, that's what the formation looks like. The first thing I want to know, excuse me, is, is how do you call it? Um, I've gone, you know, just to share a little bit and, and just have a conversation about it. You know, I used to call it like if I would call it formation and then like Z Mo or Z out, Z in, you know, those kind of things. Um, and I found that difficult because the kids, they don't know what a Z is. You know, they don't yeah. know who a Z is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I don't know if I, 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 I talked to a coach or I heard it on a uh, uh, coaching coordinator, but they said to use the kid's name. Right. So mm -hmm. like I have a kid. Uh, we'll say his name's Cole. I'll say Cole out, you know, out of the formation like that. So I'm interested. How do you call motion in, in your offense? Yeah. Uh, so a lot of times uh, if it's a running back uh, and I'm trying to just move him uh, from, say, one side of the formation to the other, I usually just kind of do like an over, um, over call because it's super easy. Uh, and then as you get to your receivers, a lot of times I'm mostly moving my off the ball uh, receiver. Um, right. So that kind of gives it an easier, more natural uh, feel. Um, I kind of tell them, like, hey, if you're off the ball, you're my motion guy. Because I normally want to get my fast guy there because if I put one of my slower, more possession receivers um, in a motion situation, he won't get as much respect out of that motion than if I get my guy who's my kind of my speedster uh, moving back and forth where I can kind of put him in motion and bring him back out, put him in motion, put him back across. Because my main goal for motion is, honestly, a lot of times my motion, I'm not even using that guy. He's uh, the window dressing to it all. Um, and I'm kind of trying to just see what those corners and those linebackers are going to do because I feel like a lot of amen, everybody focuses on corners. Let's let's put pressure on those corners, pressures on the corners. Um, but I like to kind of flip it and put pressure on the uh, linebackers because those are your best ones. And I know that that means that you're kind of going best on best. But if I make those kids think more and more, um, that forces them to kind of slow down for a tick a little bit um, because either way, they're going to be a dog no matter what. But if I can make them think for a half second more, um, that's going to give us a little chance to kind of make something pop. And I kind of don't trust a lot of corners yet. Um, maybe that's just the uh, the lineman in me where I just feel like corners are just uh, cats that fight outside at night. But um, I don't trust them to make tackles anyway. So I uh, I kind of let them be what it's going to be in my corner. My receivers do a really good job um, at blocking. 
Um, that's one thing I do pride our receivers on is they do a really good job of wanting to go and hit somebody downfield. So I kind of want to put those linebackers in a little bit of a spot where they have to motion. So a lot of my motion comes from my guy off the ball, who is normally my slot, unless I invert it. Um, and I usually will invert and kind of move that guy back to a slot who was outside. Do you see a lot of man in, uh, in Illinois? Yes. Uh, we, a lot of people definitely with a man being so, uh, new here, um, we do see a lot of man. Um, I think it's just easy. We see a lot of four man fronts um, as well. So a lot of people do four man fronts with just man in the back, um, which kind of helps us um, kind of just put that motion more in place and then really force that linebacker to have to play in space. I kind of take him to the deep end and make him swim. Yeah. It, it's kind of wild how different eight man is in every state. Um, Iowa and Illinois, you know, I know West Central won uh, the state title and they're kind of like a I double tight triple option team. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was a state champion, you know, they threw the ball as much as they ran the ball, you know, they were four wides at a time. And then you go to Nebraska and they're a power run team, Missouri, you know, they're different. It's just, it's kind of wild when they do that. So I kind of ask, you know, we're seeing a lot more zone here in Iowa. Um, and so my, one of my questions is, you know, when you see their kind of, so your punch is the motion and you see their counter punch, you know, they trail, they bump, they blitz off the backside, you know, then how do you counter punch that? You know, like, so you see what they do. How does that relate to your play calling abilities? Do you script your motion in the first couple series um, and then go from there? Kind of how's that work for you? Yeah. So honestly, uh, most of the time in the beginning, I mean, I'll take it one or two ways where I'll use a motion and I'll, I'll run a couple bait plays out there to kind of see how they adjust. Um, and then once I see how they adjust, then now I kind of, run plays off of that. So if I see, okay, every time I, I bring that motion, if I motion that guy across, they're bringing that linebacker and they're just sending him on a blitz every single time. And now that I know that, now I'm going to be able to hit them and kind of blitz replace. Wherever he blitz at, I'm kind of replacing that gap. Um, or I'll decide to just uh, option that guy and I'll let that guy kind of be my option guy and kind of keep it a little bit longer and go around him. Or I'll kind of hit a little RPO out of it as well. Um, I kind of use them as bait um, normally in the beginning. Or um, I'll use them as bait and just run my regular play off of it. Um, definitely if I'm running um, the ball anyway or if I'm running the pass, it's really just me flipping the formation with an overlook for my running back. Um, definitely if when I'm in my two-by-one, um, it's the same look if I move my guy to the opposite side. So um, I'll just use it either – I'll either run dummy plays out of it or I'll say, you know what, I'm just going to literally run the play that I was going to run anyway and I'll start that guy on the opposite side just to make it look like – it's something different than it's not. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like that. Right. I, and I think a lot of time that's what we're trying to do with motion is just get those guys, you know, you don't have to outcoach the coach. You outcoach the 16 year old who's on the field, um, right. you know, and you see a lot of motion, you know, all of a sudden you go, I mean, I know how, what it does to our defense, you know? Right. Uh, and so we want to do that to their defense as, as you're talking about, you know, you, you said something about running your main play just with motion. What is your main play? What do you consider your guys' bread and butter here? Or what was it? Um, it might be changing for the next season, but you know, what, what is your bread and butter? Yeah. Um, the past couple of years we had a, uh, but two years ago, we had a running back, me, a quarterback that actually he was my fullback the year before he was an all conference linebacker um, and a running back that's playing D three ball and a, uh, another kid that can kind of just hit it down the middle. So we did a lot of, uh, we had kind of two backs in the backfield, kind of in, um, kind of in that uh, what, quarterback with a, uh, two splits on each side and we run that little double dive and then I do it fake fake with the quarterback keeping 
Um, just trying to do a little um, deception and let my big boys kind of be as physical as they can, honestly. Um, we've been so new day, man, trying to figure out what plays kind of hit and what don't. Um, that that year we kind of used physicality. This year we were young, so physicality was not it. Um, this year our main plays was trying to figure out how do we get our best athlete in space. Um, our one senior we had who was an all-state receiver, um, averaged about 100 yards a game. It was literally where can I put him to get him in space one-on-one -on -one to make a play. Um, and that's what we did a lot because my running back was a freshman, quarterback was a sophomore. <laughs> oh, 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 line were freshmen. Me, we're sophomores. Uh, so it was, you're the big dog. Uh, and I normally tell my kids like that. My seniors like, hey, you're the big dog. And I want to give you all the shine you can your senior year. Um, this is what we're going to do to get you the ball and get you in the best and most opportune spot to make plays. And you're going to make this team go. Yeah, I, I like that. You know, we've, um, I'm, I'm pretty lucky this year. I've got a couple kids that are pretty good. Um, you know, and it's one of those things, um, as you look at it, you got to go, okay. Um, you know, how can we get this person, the ball and, you know, still get everybody else involved, but that's, I like that coach. I like, um, you know, kind of playing to your strengths there. Very good. Um, so let's kind of talk about, um, we just got, you know, a few minutes here. Um, let's talk about, uh, you know, what's the main thing for Peoria, Peoria Heights football, the Patriots, what's your guys's main thing. And then how do you keep that the main thing? Yeah, man. Uh, so, uh, we have a, uh, mantra called GATA. Um, and for most people outside of the program, it stays for, uh, and it still stands for us as great athletes train always. Um, that's why I tell people and I tell our board, um, and I tell my principal so I don't get in trouble. Yeah. Uh, but um, the players know what it really means. Most people who uh, know football knows what it really means. Right. Um, and it means to go attack people. Um, we're not the most athletic. Uh, we're not, not the most uh, um, physical dominant people all the time, definitely depending on the years. But I tell them, hey, we're going to give it everything we got, no matter what. Uh, what I love about the Heights community um, coming in is that uh, you get a couple kids who are scrappers, man. They, they want to fight. Um, I don't care if we're up, up 20, up 30, up 40, or down 30, down 40, down 50. Um, I remember we're down where we played West Central this year and that was tough. I mean, they, they're running back, uh, Kane Drossi. I mean, I'm a fan. Um, we played them two, three years back to back since we've been in eight man. And every year after the game, I shake his hand to him, Hey dog, I'm a big fan of yours. He's that kid's a, he's legit. He's real deal. Um, and we're looking up at the end of the first quarter we're down 40 points. Um, and my kids never at one point in time was like, Hey, this is, this is stupid. We're done. We came out of halftime. They were like, Hey, we got to score. Let's score. Let's score. Let's punch them in the mouth. Every time their 230 pound quarterback tries to run that ball off that option. We try to hit him the best way we can with my little freshman middle linebacker that probably had a concussion after the game. <laughs> um, but the kids just continue to to fight, man. It's all about fight. I think that's what our, the Peoria Heights community is about. Um, Cause we're a community that we don't have a lot of uh, the fancy things, but those kids come out every single day. Um, and they grind, and that's what I respect about them. Um, and uh, I feel like I'm a person who's the same way, and just kind of marrying with that community, I think it's been really, really dope. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and when you get a group of kids, and you're just getting, you know, you're you're, you're still getting started, but you, you know, you have that kind of um, mentality with your kids. It doesn't matter the score, we're going to get after them. You're, you're going to, uh, I mean, what great athletes train hard them. Um, you know, you're going to get after them and, uh, <laughs> um, you know, you, you have that mentality with your kids, you know, it, you don't need to have the most talented kids. You got hard kids that are going to work hard and you're going to get that thing turned around there. So 
um, you know, I, I think, you know, and I've been to your facilities and stuff and I, I think you guys got a chance to, uh, to get it going there, especially, you know, like you said, you're new to it. So you're learning. And I think, you know, for us in, we're only five years into eight man. Um, and we're still learning stuff new every year. Um, you know, so, um, I, I think you're in a good spot, like I said, watching your film and, um, you know, I love, I love what you're doing here. I love that, that mantra. Um, you know, and the kids have bought into it, like you said, and the community is all about it and, and stuff. So I think you're, you're doing well there, coach. So how can, uh, how can people keep this, um, conversation going with you? They want to reach out your offensive line, defensive line stuff's great coach. You and I are going to probably talk about that some other time, but, um, you know, a little bit more, but, um, I got a lot to digest here tonight, but how can they keep the conversation going with you? Yeah, man. Uh, so I'm on the, uh, the eight-man coaches tele, uh, telegram that people are on, man, uh, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, my Twitter is uh, BigKen95. I'm sorry, 76? 95, 95. Um, and uh, I'm always down to uh, um, talk football. I mean, I, I love the game and playing it forever. Um, I'm just a student of the game, man. I watch any type of football game. I don't care if it's eight-man, 11-man, XFL, AFL, I watch the old school leather football games. They have leather helmets on. Uh, if it's football, I'm watching it, um, and I want to learn it um, at every position because I know I don't know everything. Um, I've just been blessed enough to know people who know a lot, um, and they've gave me a lot of uh, a lot of wisdom and um, whatever I can give, um, time, scheme, uh, thoughts, ideas, um, synergizing together. I'm always down to give it. So. Um, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, my email is uh, Kendall Parker's uh, Kendall.Parker at ph325.org. Um, so I'm always down to talk football um, anywhere, anytime I can. All right, Coach. Well, I, I appreciate that. And, um, you know, I've enjoyed our conversation tonight. I enjoyed, you know, via text and all those things. And, um, you know, I just, I think you're in a good spot. Um, you know, I can tell you've got the energy and, and the, the know-how and those kind of things, you're going to get that thing turned around there at, at Peoria, and you're going to be one of those teams that we're going to be seeing uh, at the top of Illinois. So, Coach, I'd like to thank you for your time, and uh, you know, thanks for being on the podcast, and I, I look forward to watching you and your team succeed and, and staying in touch. I appreciate it, man. Hey, same to you. Uh, good luck this summer, man, uh, the following season. All right, appreciate it. Thank you. No problem. That's it for this episode of the Be Great 8-Man Football Coaches Podcast. Hopefully you got at least 1% better from listening to this episode. Please share the podcast and leave a review if you enjoyed the content and learned something from it. You can follow us on Twitter at BEGR8FCP, that's at BEGREATFCP, or send us an email at BEGREATFCP at gmail.com. That's B-E-G-R-8-F-C-P, the number 8 on both of those. Remember to keep the main thing the main thing and to be great.